forgot my Bible. <laughs> it is such a privilege to stand and preach to you. I was very humbled to be able to minister to this body of believers through this week. And uh, God is doing a tremendous thing here in uh, San Antonio. I'm sure you all know this, but uh, from my perspective, it's a tremendous move of God here. I, I, I bring back, I believe I bring back something uh, of your spirit uh, here and a dream to have the same uh, thing happening in Russia and in the world around Russia also. Let's open our Bibles to Numbers 25. Before we read the text, have you ever heard of uh, a term that is called uh, a Pandora box? The story, the myth behind this box goes like this. Pandora was the first woman on earth, as uh, a Greek mythology says. And Pandora was created upon the command of Zeus, the god of craftsmanship. The other god, I don't know her, his name, I don't want to even try to pronounce it, created her using water and earth, while other gods granted her many gifts, beauty and per persuasiveness and music. At one point, Pandora was given a jar that she was ordered not to open under any circumstances. Despite this warning, overcome by curiosity, Pandora was just a woman. She opened the jar. And upon doing so, the evils, according to the myth, containing, uh, are contained within that jar escaped into the world. Scared, Pandora immediately closed the jar only to trap hope inside. The phrase to open the Pandora box today means that uh, somebody creates evil that cannot be undone or opens something that cannot be shut and redone again. This story is just a Greek version of a story of the Bible of original sin. And the luring concept Behind that is a, a concept of a mystery that is going to be opened. A mind that is going to be opened. Remember how devil spoke to Eve and said, If you eat of this tree, you will start to see things that are far beyond what you're seeing right now. I want to preach on the Pandora box tonight. And I actually brought that very same original Pandora box with me. Are you ready for this? See, this is what people do in life. They, there's, there are things that they want to see that are completely and absolutely far and beyond. And the devil says, do you want to see this? Are you ready for this? Let's open it. That sounds like a horror movie. Can you say amen? <laughs> Just a beautiful mu music and a total quietness. Let's close it for a while. Let's, let's move into a spiritual application of this story. See, the task of the devil at all times was to open human beings to 
most wicked, foul, unhealthy, shameless, indecent, lewd, and disgusting things he could come up with with his perverted brain. His desire is to defile the humanity by opening our eyes and our minds to the most vile and repulsive things that his evil genius can come up uh, with. One of the most profound lessons in the, Bible's in the Bible concerning this is the story that we're going to read tonight, and that is a story of Baal Peor. Numbers 25, verse 1. Now Israel remained in the Kassir groove, and the people began to commit halotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused again against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and hand the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed one of the children of Israel came and pres presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses, in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the men of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the men of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. And those who died in the plague were 24. For a thousand. You may be wondering what does it have to do with Pandora box, devil opening eyes, but just give me some time and I'll work it myself, uh, 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 you know, into this. Uh, Joshua, as we read further on the Bible, he uh, years later recollects this event and he says in Joshua 22 17, Is the iniquity of Peor not enough for us, from which we are not cleansed till this day? Although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord. It's interesting that prophet Hosea, years later, uh, hundreds of years, describes that what happened that day. And says in Hosea 9.10, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits of the fig tree. Uh, in its season, first season, but they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing that they loved. It's very interesting that Paul in the New Testament revisits this, uh, 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 this what happened, what transpired in Numbers 25. He, and he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 8, now let us commit sexual, let us, nor let us commit sexual immorality. That's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> As some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 fell. See, up until the New Testament, it stays as the most shameful experience Israel ever uh, uh, gone through. Many other things are not recollected, but the sin of turning to worship this God, God of Baal Peor, is repeated as far as the book of Revelation in the Bible. And this is a very strong language that is used. And the question today, what really transpired that day? Why is it recollected over and over again? Why is Joshua years later recollecting that by saying up until this day we're suffering from Baal Peor? 
worshiping that Baal Peor? What is really, what has really transpired that day? Why was it so extraordinary to receive such a prominent place in the scriptures? Let's find out. When you, when you start making, uh, you know, when I started uh, preparing for this sermon and when I started uh, going through different, um, uh, different things and different sources, I found out that the word peor is connected to the Hebrew uh, word that means open, that is used both of mouth and bowels. And it might mean, the word peor might mean opening, and so Baal Peor might mean and could also mean Lord of the openness or Lord of the opening. This meaning is probably the source of Talmudic traditions that associate Baal Peor with exposure and excrement. There are sources that talk about a story. There is a story about a Gentile woman who vowed to worship every idol in the world if she ever recovered. Upon recovery, she set out to fulfill her vow, but drew back at Peor as the rites were too disgusting. They were eating beets, drinking strong drink. I guess they were like Russians. And, and, then, and then they are uncovering uh, uh, themselves. A story follows about a Jew. Now, I, I wanted, I wanted to uh, um, ask you for forgiveness because it's going to be very graphic. I just, I warn you. A story follows about a Jew who showed his contempt for the God by wiping his behind on its nose after defecating in the temple. And he was praised for his piety by the uh, priests of that God who said, no man has ever before served our idol uh, like this. This god Baal Peor and the area around or before this idol Peor was used as a latrine and that the worship of the idol consisted of excrementing before it. And uh, one of the Jewish um, rabbis commented on Numbers 25.3 that Peor was so-called because they would uncover before it the end of the rectum and bring forth excrement that was its worship. Uh, until this day, in a, a, a Satanist and demonology, there is a word uh, called Bel Figor, which is, uh, uh, actually comes from Baal Peor, and it, it, and it is a demon, one of the seven princes of hell, according to their traditions in de demonology, who helps people to make discoveries. See, I have news for you this morning, uh, evening, and the news is that Baal Peor is alive and well in our nations, in our country, in this world. It's the Lord of the opening. It's the Lord that will open your mind to possibilities, that will open your heart, that will open your, uh, your life to things that you have never experienced in your life. It's life and will. It comes through many, many aspects in life. And uh, as we read um, uh, in the Bible, we read in Romans 1.30, description of this world. Bible says, Paul describing this world says, there are backbiters, haters of God, despitful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. One of the translations speaks about um, they invent ways of doing evil. Another translation says they invent new ways of sinning. 
Another translation, they think up new ways to be wicked. They invent a new forms of sin. A lot of things in this world, the, it, it's powered by sin. A lot of inventions. The advance of internet is powered by pornographic websites. Many, many things in this world. Devil and Baal Peor is still alive and well in this world, aiming at our souls. I have an excerpt for you from the book that I just recently read, How Evil Works by David Capellian. He's in one of his chapters, he's describing a man by the name of Neil Donald Walsh, who became a multi-millionaire and writing a mega best-selling book called Conversations with God. It says that in two and a half years, on the, it's a bestseller uh, on the New York Times bestseller list and uh, uh, sold 7 million copies in 34 languages. He became a full-fledged, world-renowned millionaire, new age guru, speaking to enthralled audiences all over the world. Let me read some of the excerpts from his book, Conversations with God. There is no judgment in what you call the afterlife. There is no accounting. No one gives thumbs up or thumbs down. Only humans are judgmental. And because you are, you assume I am. That's God talking. I cannot tell you my truth until you stop telling me yours. On sin, this God says, this alleged state of imperfection in which you are said to come into this world is what your religionists have the gall to call original sin. Some of your religions have built up whole theologies around this misconception. For anything I conceive, all that to which I give life is perfect, a perfect reflection of perfect itself made in the image and the likeness of me. Talking about using psychic ability um, uh, when Walsh is asked, are you sure this is God? He's asking his God, are you sure? Are, are you really God? This is what he says. Using psychic abilities, nothing more than using your sixth sense. Obviously, there is not trafficking with the devil, or I would not have given this sense to you. And of course, there is no devil with whom to traffic. On sex, this God says, of course, sex is okay. Play with it. Play with it. It's wonderful fun. Sex is sacred too, but joy and sacredness do mix. They are in fact the same thing. You've repressed it, even as you have repressed life. Rather than fully self-expressing with abandon and joy, you've shamed sex. Even as you've shamed life, calling it evil and wicked, rather than the highest gift and the greatest pleasure. He says that God says there is no sexual immorality, no sin to run a fall off, no devil, no judgment, no hell. Everyone goes to heaven. The question is asked, what about Hitler? This is what the God, that God answers. He says, surely he didn't go to, um, uh, 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 according to the God of Neil Walsh, I do not love good more than I love bad. Hitler went to heaven. When you understand this, you will understand God. I won't bear you, uh, you with any more of this rubbish. But 7 million copies in 32 languages should tell us something about the world condition we're living in. 
I'm talking about a God that was is called. This is the world of Baal Peor that we're dealing with. Can you imagine? Let's go back to Numbers 25. Can you imagine this somewhat innocent Israeli boys? They just came out. They're, they're brought up in the right atmosphere, you know, uh, according to the Jewish law, the Ten Commandments, etc., etc. And here is Balaam trying to curse Israel, and he cannot curse because there's nothing. There's, you cannot find anything, any wickedness in the nation of Israel. And Balaam comes to Balak and says, I have, I, I have, I, I, there, is, there is something that will definitely catch your boys. And, and you have that God, you know, that kind of God, Baal Peor, the disgusting one, the foul one. You, you should bring the prostitutes, you should bring the dancers, the prostitutes, the ones that help worship you, uh, worshiping that God. You should bring them in. They should dance. They should lure these innocent boys into worshiping this Baal Peor. And I, I guess they were not totally innocent, but they've never seen this. And I can imagine these young kids there, you know, Israeli boys looking at these lewd women that are, you know, dressed up seductively. Uh, dancing seductively and these Israeli boys are lured into it and ensnared by what they see and I believe tonight there is the same spirit that's working in our age the same devil the same Baal Peor is working Lord of the openness you know I, I, I mentioned to you before I was brought up in a communist society and when the Iron Curtain fell I was a teenager what happened, there was no, t uh, uh, nothing, nothing sexual in TV. You know, when I was growing up, my mother would cover my eyes. Uh, when on the TV, they would show a man kissing his wife. She would cover my eyes and sitting by her. She said, you can't see this. You know, thank God she had cracks in her feet between her fingers. I could still see that. But you know, my mind, you will not, my mind was an absolute innocent clean i didn't know any of the stuff that uh, the world had and and as iron curtain fell it like it's just like a sewer line all the surf from the west came in and i remember these people they they, they, they you know the businessmen that they started renting house places like little rooms buying a vcr nobody could afford a vcr back then Nobody. People still had black and white TVs in the, in the uh, end of 80s and the beginning of 90s in Russia. And they would rent those things and they would buy those things, set up a small uh, movie theaters. There were no regulations and they were showing things that were so disgusting. My first introduction to the West was a movie where Freddy the Krueger, or whatever you call him, was showing up in your dreams. I am 12 years of age. I am a clean, innocent. I've never seen anything even close to this. The whole distance between this little movie theater and my house. I was, it was dark already. It was late. I was walking like this along the walls. I was scared to death. Definitely, there were other, other, other things. This was the least evil. Porn came in. I remember myself, my father got a hold of a porn magazine, I guess. I was looking for something. 
in the papers. I opened the drawer. I saw this. I, 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 again, I'm a 12-year-old communist child. I, I don't know anything about this. I'm looking through this. Lord of the openness, let's see what's in there. Let's see what's inside there. See, Bible says in Luke 17, 1, then he said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that there he should offend one of these little ones. Baal, pure. See, what I'm preaching on tonight, as I move on, virgins and sexually intact and clean are better off than the ones that tried and tested everything in life. If you're a young people, a man in this place, a young woman, you have a tremendous advantage. You don't even know what it is. See, by the grace of God, I stayed a virgin till I married my beautiful wife. By the grace of God, I did not have, I was very close, but I did not step over that line. The Pandora box stayed close in my life. I was preaching several months ago in my church and uh, uh, this one guy upon hearing of my faithfulness to my wife and having only one girl in my entire life, uh, uh, in my life, uh, he came to me right after service and he said to me, before I got saved, he's a drug addict, he had, he had a lot of women in his life. He said, before I got saved, I would think upon hearing what you said that you are the most craziest and unluckiest man that I've ever met in my life. You're an idiot. That's what I would think before I got saved. But now, he says, I think you are the luckiest of all men I've ever met in my life because you've never known what I know. You've never seen what I saw. You've never experienced what I experienced in my life. And he's struggling with that up until this day. And there are people here in this place, I'm aiming at you right now. You've opened this box. It looked so nice to you. It was promising. The world of alcohol, the world of drugs, the world of, world of sexual immorality. It was beautiful when you opened it. I minister to the drug addicts. Their minds are very, very poor shape. They expose, they, 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 their minds saw things that they're not supposed to see. They've been places where they're not supposed to be. And they still wander in the la-la land many times. As we try to reach and minister to them. And I have hope for drug addicts. Sincere people, sincere Christians, Christians have never tried to be a religious hypocrite. Sincere Christians in this place have never, that have never learned to avoid dealings of God are better off than those who have become and opened the box of religious hypocrisy and learned to avoid dealings of God. Your conscience is becoming seared. Time is running out. You've opened that box. 
of religious hypocrisy. You are hiding behind a face up. You're hiding behind a facade. But God is dealing with your heart. You've opened that box and the time is running out. See, we're talking about open-mindedness in this world today. What it is is actually critical thinking, as they say. They talk, tell us Christians, you are so narrow-minded. Have you ever been told that? You're so narrow-minded, you're brainwashed. I tell them, yes, I am brainwashed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Washed my brain completely clean. Here's, here's how this open-mindedness, this is the name of the game today, open-mindedness. You've got to be open-minded. This is how it works in our world. Here's Charles Darwin, infamous Charles Darwin. As we know, he was somewhat exposed to Christianity, but on that infamous ship, he was mocked by the sailors. He refused to, uh, 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 he rejected God completely, came up with this theory, as we know it today, theory of evolution. You know, he had a lot of followers. One of his followers later on in life was a, name, a man by the name of Nietzsche. At the age of 24, he was appointed to the, to the chair of classics uh, ph philology at the University of Basel, the youngest individual to ha have held that position, uh, but resigned in 1879 due, due to health problems that plagued his, him most of his life. In 1889, he became mentally ill, possibly due to a, a, a typical general paresis attributed to, to syphilis. I don't know where he got that syphilis from. He lived his remaining years in the care of his mother until his death in 1897 and then under his uh, sister's care. His theories, theories of Nietzsche, uh, theories of super race, uh, uh, super race and death of God, eternal recurrence of life, uh, will to power, all those things he came, he came out, he got out of the evolution theory that was originally introduced by Charles Darwin. Now, one of the most uh, uh, fans um, of uh, Nietzsche was a man uh, that was called Adolf, Adolf Hitler. He took theories of Nietzsche a little step further. And these two infidels, uh, uh, Charles Darwin and Nietzsche, uh, influenced this uh, 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 views of Adolf Hitler. And uh, we had a horror of Holocaust with millions of Jews, millions of Russians, th hundreds of thousands of Americans. All over the world, people died in the concentration camps all in the name of Baal Peor, Lord of the openness. Let's have our mind open. See, we're not supposed to be open-minded. We're supposed to be narrow-minded, for narrow is the path that leads to life. We're supposed to be brainwashed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And open-mindedness through internet, through Facebook and social networks, and all the other things that we can't mention today, all this open-mindedness leads to bondage of sin. Opens doors for demonic through involvement into the occult, sexual immorality, and idol worship. And I deal with people like that on a constant basis. People that went through, opened those boxes in their lives, and they don't know what to do with them. One of the men I have uh, dealt with, I, 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 uh, he was, a, he was a, a man in one of our churches. I always knew something was strange with this man, but later on he came out of, the, uh, and he confessed that he was uh, a suppressed homosexual. 
And what happened to him, he describes at the age of seven years of age, he was walking along the streets as, and the soldier uh, showed up, uh, grabbed him, tried to violate him. Nothing ever happened, but the spiritual uh, transaction took place and he started feeling things that he never felt before because uh, this is what happens when you open the Pandora box. He's describing things that are absolutely incredible. Later on in life, he's talking about standing in this one place in the public toilet in the city where he was going through uh, on the bus tour. He'd never been to that city before. He never knew anybody. And the man was standing beside him doing whatever they were doing. And the man turns to him and says, he never met this man before. He says, I know who you are. I know you're one of us. And he tells him a place where they need to meet. He says, let's, he says to him, let's meet there and there at such and such an hour. How does this happen? We're dealing with people on a constant basis. If you are a pastor in this place trying to help this world, you have to understand something about the worshiping or to Baal Peor, the world, the God, the Lord of the openness. People have opened their minds today to things unheard of. In the years past and we're dealing with all these things that uh, they come to church and uh, many many times uh, we, we don't even know what to do because uh, things that they were exposed in life is horrendously unbelievable and as I draw to conclusion let's talk about shutting our Pandora box Steps need to be taken, and I, I believe there are two major steps that need to be taken. First of all, if you're here in this place and you're suffering from what I have been describing, you need to understand that immediate and radical reaction needs to be taken right away. That's why Bible is so strict and the reaction in the Bible to rebellion, idolatry and sexual sin is so abrupt, so cruel. That's why Phineas in our text is praised by God uh, for what he has done. That's why Jesus said to cut off your arm if it leads you to stumble and to sin. That's why if you're sitting in this place and devil is leading you to an open-mindedness in some areas in your life and you are about to open that Pandora box and you are about to open this it's it's promising it's nice it's luring you if you're doing this you need to take an immediate reaction right away that's why entire families were judged in the old testament because god knew the power of Baal peor at one point a strong accountability should be implemented to help a man overcome some of the temptations from the past that needs to be done wisely and needs to be consulted with the pastor. But if you're here in this place and you cannot overcome this, you have to come out, you have to speak up, you have to clean yourself from this and you need to set an accountability with somebody and say, I will not be able to overcome it by myself. I need to shut that Pandora box and you need to help me. To gain victory, we need to do we need to do one thing. We need to control and take control over our thought life. Because we're dealing with people that come from this kind of lifestyle. And many, many times I hear these people saying to me, I have the same thoughts in my mind. I was, there is a man that used to be a homosexual in my church. He got gloriously delivered. But he came to me several years later and he told me, he says, Pastor, I have the same thoughts that comes through my mind doesn't mean that I am not free. 
And I had to confront him with that and tell him that this is not, it does not mean that you are still bound, but it means the devil is trafficking in your mind because you've opened yourself in your past and he knows your weak points. Ray Bolts, have you ever heard of Ray Bolts? A very powerful, prominent Christian singer in the past. Songs that were so anointed and beautiful. I loved him in the beginning of my Christian walk with God. I loved listening to Ray Bolts. Pledge, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Many, many other songs. So powerful, so moving. Now, he turns, turned into homosexual. And he says in his website, and I, I went to that website. He joined some, some lukewarm, unsaved, devilish Christian church that uh, embraces homosexuals. He's bold, he's shaved, bold, and he's got earrings. He looks horrible. He look, looks like a, a faggot. <laughs> and uh, this is what he says. He says, I've always had those feelings, he says. I've fought these thoughts off. And he says, I could never overcome it. He should have visited one of our churches. To get an understanding that you will, maybe for the rest of your life, be fighting repeatedly. Because devil knows your past. But you have overcome because you have changed your lifestyle. And God gave him family. God gave him everything. God gave him this fame, this glorious, uh, you know, a, a gift that he had. Until one day he meets a group of so-called Christians that are open-minded about this sin. He's no more the raid bolts we knew. I believe in the process of complete renewal of your mind. I believe as we digest the word of God, it sanctifies our mind and makes us whole. I know from my own experience, I've been saved 18 years. Things from the past are remembered very well. People that backslide after years, they go back to their sin again. And they will remember things will come up in, in their mind immediately. Does it mean that you're not saved? I did some skating in, when I was young. Five years old, six years old. And I, I didn't do it for 20 years. I was preaching in the Holland Church. And the pastor said, uh, my friend, he said, let's, let's go skate. I said, listen, I haven't done it for 20 years or more. I, 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 I don't, but let's go, you know, just for fun, just for fellowship. Let's do it. I haven't been on skates for 20 years. And so we went, they, they're putting skates, you know, they're skating around. I mean, man, that's fun. And they're like, Sergey, try, man, try. Even if you, you know, we won't laugh. And so I, I sat down on the bench, right? I, I took the uh, skates, and as I was putting those skates, boots, uh, you know, putting my feet into the skating boot, there's this rush. There's this familiar rush. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then I put another one on, and I stand on this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it took me five seconds. And I went like this, and I went like this, and the next thing you know, I am going around the circle. I mean, I'm liberated 20 years. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it, it will come back. 
Flesh is not saved, but it does not mean that you are not forgiven, that you are not set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. It does not mean that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty of God. By pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. And then, of course, the blood of Jesus. I've mentioned it many times. I am standing here. I would not be standing. Things that have come into my mind, things that, have, uh, 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 that I remember, things that I plead the blood of Jesus over it over and over and over again. For Bible says in Hebrews 8, 9, 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer sprinkled, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We would not be able to serve the living God. We're dealing with Baal Peor, God of the openness. He wants to open your minds. He wants to open the minds of kids, children uh, to the lewd things of this world. We are confronting that Baal Peor. We're taking that Pandora box. We're making it shut. We're ripping it off. We're destroying it by the blood of Jesus Christ and God can give us victory tonight. Maybe, maybe you're here in this place. You're here in this place. You came to this conference. I'm aiming right at your heart. You've had your past. You have come here. You have a tie and a shirt on. You have your family with you. You have been fighting these things in your mind. You've been fighting those things in your heart. You are dealing with these issues in your mind. You are afraid to tell them because you've been saved for so long. I declare to you tonight that you can be free tonight. Take that Pandora box and destroy it. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads for just a second. As our head is bowed and our eyes closed, you're here in this place. And God is dealing with you concerning your own life and concerning your own soul. As I was preaching the sermon on the Pandora box, you have re recognized yourself. You, you, you remembered when you was a child. You remembered things. You've seen things that are absolutely horrendous. And that memory, those things that have been done, they lure. You, that's why people drink. That's why people go on drugs. That's why people turn on music as soon as they enter the, their house. That's why they cannot be in the quietness many times. That's why they, you lay down on the pillow every night thinking to yourself, what is this? What's going on with me? What's going on in my life? I'm here to tell you that sin is destroying lives. Sin is destroying your life. But I have good news for you tonight. And those news is that Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, was crucified on the bloody cross of Calvary. And on that cross, He died for your sins. He took your place. He took your shame. He took your guilt. He took my shame, my guilt away by hanging on that cross. He was not only 
He was not a perfect man. He was the son of God who took your place and mine. And while we're here in this place and our, our eyes are closed and, and nobody's moving around, Christians are quietly praying. I wonder if you're here in this place and this is what you're longing for. You're longing for cleanness. You want the sins to be forgiven. This is the place. This is the time. God can help you. God can wash your sins away. You can start all over again from the, from the beginning, from a clean sheet of paper. You can start to write your destiny again. God can give you victory over your bondage, over your sin, over things that destroy your life. God can give you that victory tonight. If you're here in this place, all you need to do is pray a simple prayer of salvation, prayer of forgiveness. And I, I will we'll have a privilege of praying that prayer with you, leading you in that prayer. And if you're here in this place and this is who you are, this is you, this is exactly what you need. I want you to lift up your hand where you're sitting and say to, you, to me, yes, this is me. I see that hand over there. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see this hand over here. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you for the honest hearts. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. You're backslidden in this place. You have, you've opened, I see that hand. You've opened the Pandora box in your life. Yes, I see that hand over there. Thank you. See that hand over there. Thank you. Hands, yes, I see this hand. Gentlemen, over here. Thank you. See that hand. Do you see that hand? Anyone else? Yes, I see your hand here. Your sister in the front. God bless you. God bless you. God wants to help you. He wants to come. He wants to save you tonight. He wants to come into your life tonight. He wants to clean you tonight by his blood, blood of Jesus Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? I feel strongly there's someone else. You were backslidden in your heart. No one knows about it, but you know and God knows. I see that hand over there. Anyone else? Anyone else? I will wait for just one more second. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. I see this hand over here. Thank you. You're a visitor here in this place. God wants to save your life. God wants to come into your heart, save you, cleanse you. Give you new heart, give you new life, give you joy that you've never experienced anywhere in your life. Lift up your hand, say, this is me, I need that, I need that. Sergey, pray for me, I need a prayer of forgiveness, prayer of repentance. Those people that lifted their hands up, I'd like you to get up, look at me right now. Just lift your eyes up and look at me. I won't be able to see every one of you, but do you really mean that, sir? You really mean this, sister? You really mean that? You really mean that? Do you really mean that? You really mean that? Do you really mean that? Yes. I want you to get up from your seat and come down to this altar. Somebody will, will come to pray with you and lead you in a prayer of forgiveness. Anyone, you lifted your hand. Don't, don't be ashamed. We're not going to embarrass you. God loves you. We love you. We, this is the, the only reason why this church exists is to see you saved. Anyone else, you've lifted your hand up. Get up from your seat, wherever you're sitting. Come down here to this place. Somebody will come to you and will lead you in a simple prayer of forgiveness and your life will be changed this very moment, forever. Your destiny will be changed forever. This is the end. Tonight is the end. This is the end of struggle. This is the end of fight. This is the end of shame, guilt. This is the end. God's going to help you tonight. Anyone in this place, I'm, I'm dealing, uh, hands are, uh, uh, heads are bowed, eyes are closed for just a second. I'm talking to Christians tonight. God is dealing with you concerning your life. In a simple sermon that I just preached, God promises us a deliverance. 
you've recognized the strategy of Baal Peor. He wants to open your mind to possibilities, to things that are luring, seductive, appealing to your flesh, a perversion, the sin unheard of, sexual sin, molestation, violence, anger, hatred. Things have been done to you when you were a child. You went through things in your family, with your f relatives. Things are hunting you. You were rejected left behind God's here in this place to help you and meet with you tonight there is a victory in the blood of the lamb if this is you if, you, if this is who you are God's speaking with you concerning the Pandora box that needs to be shut destroyed by the blood of Jesus Christ while every head bowed and every eye closed in this place lift up your hand say this is me yes God's speaking to me Hands are being lifted up all over this place. Just lift it up. Yes, this is me. I'm, I'm fighting. I'm, 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 I have my battle. This is what's happening in my life. This is what has been done to me. It's still unresolved. It's still unsolved. The issue is still there. Yes, hands are lift, being lifted up all over this place. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you. Let's all stand in this place. I want these altars to be opened at this moment. And God is dealing with souls and hearts tonight. Let's come to this altar to pray and see God's power and God's presence. There is a healing in blood of Jesus. There is a restoration in the power of God's word. Oh, Rabba Shareh, Bosandara, Rabba Shareh.